that's one of those things that I really watch. It's really good. What's um, the name I, of it? Tomley Gray. Tomley P- Gray. It's a P T O. It's one of them words. It means king. But he the only black face on the thing. So there you have it. Boom. And it's on okay. it's it's on the Netflix. No, this is on Apple TV. Remember, I told y'all that Apple TV is going to surpass Netflix with its content. Can you send us your login? Because you know, I'm well, we need to talk about that because I need we need to either do a pool fund for the year or Please. figure out who figure out who's going to pay for which service. What service? Well, I pay yeah. for currently. I pay for YouTube Premium and Prime. What's on YouTube Premium? Because I have YouTube TV. Nothing. I, you know, I watch movies and shows on there. They have some really good shows, like it's not, YouTube it's, Originals. They're really good. But it's not nothing that you want to that you go to watch. Like you happen upon. YouTube but then I also, but stuff. it also includes my YouTube music, which is our albums but, uninterrupted, no commercials. Like we have, uh, we have Apple. I have that too. But, that, but I'm so saying this, you this is for the swap. This is for the swap. You didn't mention anything that I need. <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just. I mean, I currently use your Disney Plus. <laughs> so, okay, that makes, so what that, I, that what makes I two to, of you. What I have to offer is I have stars. Okay. Okay. Um, so I have stars. I have Hulu with the ads. So period. I got Hulu too. With, with Me the too. Okay. Ooh, well, bitch, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> we have YouTube TV. Um and. We did have. Oh, we have HBO Max. All right, I'll keep oh, y'all looking got, for. Y'all got I, all this. I keep looking for some some better streaming swaps. Kelsey, <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching anything? So this week has uh no, uh <laughs> this this week has uh kind of been. Um, a little jam packed. So I kind of just kind of been depressing, catch deep compressing, decompressing, and um, catching up on just stuff I've missed throughout the streaming evening. So, you know, your snowfalls, your streaming delights of Bel Air, and of course, Matlock. Oh, and on um, Pluto TV because it's free for anybody who doesn't want to pay for anything like myself sometimes. Um, they have been doing the throw. I've been watching the throwback channel on Pluto TV, mm-hmm. and I think, guys, we need to do a case study on Moesha and Joan from Girlfriends. I Why? think this would be great to unpack because now I can barely sit through the episodes without critiquing. Like y'all, y'all were the worst types of friends to have. Well, Joan, you're Joan no longer an and- adolescent. Right. So now you're watching Moesha's actions where you were cool with them before as a child. You're now an adult with sense. So you're not going to agree. Right. And then I I also want to understand, I I want us to do like a case study on where we break down the problems that they were having and how how kids should respond because we have to teach common sense because it's not so common. So yes, that from the aspect of Moesha. And then with Joan, because Mm -hmm. I was watching Joan as a child trying to relate to adult lifestyle. It was just so much. Like, and well, I had no business watching Girlfriends at 12, 13 years old, but it, it's so much to unpack with Joan. Like, Joan, you were a selfish friend until you got what it was that you wanted to get. So it's really neat. 
and they, they're starting over. And I was like, we really used to fill ourselves with the scripted nonsense. Because we could, like, we could relate to Brandy. They were, <laughs> we were aspiring to be their age. So it was cool in that way. But in other news with um, Girlfriends, I did watch Abbott Elementary this week and they had a special guest star. Or us, uh, not William. a guest. Not a that guest. That was last star. week. That was last week's episode. Well, yeah, it was. But it was um, new to him. It was new to him. We're talking it was new about to him. I, they gave William a job because we did talk about this last week. Oh. <laughs> because because remember when I was gone while while I was rehome unhomed <laughs> and you know we were talking about but we're not we're not gonna throw daggers we're not we're not gonna do that oh the professional picture <laughs> okay so guys Corelli was just getting caught up on Abbott Elementary <clears throat> although we did casually mention it during last week's watch but it's cool we're here now let's get into this world news that everybody's talking about and have been talking about for the last 48 hours there's the slap that was heard around the world i wish a nigga would willard smith and christopher rock so <laughs> it's so much it's so many angles so many perspectives so many ways we can slice and dice this um what happened what we think happened why we think this imploded um will's perspective jada's perspective um the things that happened after chris rock's perspective so many things have happened and occurred (coughs) that slap went down you want some water baby okay (laughs) so let's get into it now the night that this happened i was getting ready for my slumber and forelli was like his <laughs> his old self um very you know who forelli is on girlfriends he is maya everything is conspiracy <laughs> he don't believe nothing <laughs> oh hell no oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> does not believe anything because it's cousin peaches it's <laughs> <laughs> cousin peaches as far as <laughs> because he told me even after multiple multiple outlets were reporting this he was like it was not real until gail talked about it on good morning america <laughs> it ain't nobody checking for gail don't even know gail last name <laughs> for real king <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about it. And guys, if you're if you're here with us, please put your thoughts and comments in the chat. Kelsey and Forelli, what y'all think? What 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 was going through your mind? <clears throat> you saw that Willard Smith walked up and open face hand slap Chris Rock. Well, I have arrived back to my theory that this is um, still developing. I saw another view of it. You may have seen it floating around today or earlier this week of a, a back view that you can see Jada in. And so now I'm I'm pulling back to to now my thought is maybe this this was orchest- <laughs> this was real. That no no that it was no, orchestrated. It, it was real, but it was orchestrated. By the powers that be. Maybe this is what Will wants to unplug from the system. He's done everything he needs to do. He's told us his autobiography. Like he's heading into the sunset at this point. 
So maybe this is exactly what you wanted. So that's where I am today. I'm ever evolving on this issue. <laughs> um, well, I'm ready to burp, it, burp this baby and put it to bed. And I want us to get on the other side of the con- conversation <clears throat> because we can talk all day of why we think he did it, who should have did what. <laughs> but I think what people, what we can't seem to get past is that every 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 offense has a consequence, right? And so tonight, at some point in time that I'm gonna have to catch up on with TJ, because I love TJ Holmes, when he sit down and gets the tea, the mation, and I, TJ Holmes, we want you on our podcast, um, from Good Morning America, <laughs> the black guy. Well, anyway, TJ Holmes is sitting down with uh, Will Packard, and they are talking about consequences, right? Mm-hmm. So, the other night, Pirelli um, had a cool, interesting live, just kind of where we were talking about this in real time as the developments were still happening. You no, know, this was not an official podcast moment. But it was very interesting to hear different perspectives, like, oh, um, well, we'll laugh. And we talk about nervous reactions. And I laugh at very inappropriate things at inappropriate times because it's a nervous reaction because sometimes shit has to circle around my head and then come back for me to realize what's going on um and today will packard um one of the clips is the academy is talking consequences so sanctions types of suspensions expulsions possible um possibly rescinding his oscar and TJ Holmes is asking the hard questions of, do you think that Will Smith should have been arrested, even though Chris has declined to not move forward with charges? Now, <clears throat> because people are still arguing about the what's happened, what which happened first, the chick, which what happened first, the chicken or the egg, um, we are missing the important conversations and the details of where I kind of am leaning into Pirelli's sense of that this may be orchestrating. Um, it has been an all-black production. Wanda Sykes is upset. She was pissed off on Good Morning America this morning. So now Wanda has taken a stance to say Will should have never made it back to the audience, let alone the front row. He should have been escorted out of the building. And Willard, Will Packard is saying that um, they are, you know, there was a truthful conversation that the police are saying we should pursue charges. Um, I don't know if this is coming off the back of Donald Trump uh, tweeting from his son's Twitter account or what, but right now the sanctions that they are saying are not matching the offense by way of which they are saying rescinding his Oscar. I do not believe that is a fair sanction. It's just kind of like the sanctions that being, I mean, Joe has put on Putin, you know, just to slap on a wrist. These sanctions don't matter, but they are talking the rescension of his Oscar. And I don't believe that that is fair because that is not what the Oscar was there for. I don't think that your outburst should relate for you losing your award. So I am on the fence of what what is a good sanction for that? Suspending him from the Oscars, absolutely. Where you can never, ever come back again, absolutely. So those are the conversations that are happening now because I think we're going to be forever chasing our tail on who was right, who was wrong, what should have happened there. Now we're talking consequences, which people don't want to make it to. Well, I think 
honestly, I think consequences coming from the academy is bullshit. And I'm just going to say that because quite frankly, just a few years ago, a lot of us were boycotting them anyway for not being selected. So just because they be, they wanted to make this an all black production just this year, um, doesn't mean anything like we've been stopped sinking um, acceptance from them um so and the fact that they're willing to stand on a mountain to say because of this slap we're thinking about rescinding your oscar not because of these accusations not because <clears throat> of oh well you've been accused of numerous rapes you've been accused of numerous sleeping with your grandchild all these people are still continuing to sit with their grandchild the others who continue to come every year, who get invited, who win awards, who get recognized, Woody Allen, all of these people who come and show up to these same events every year, who are guilty of some inhumane acts. Um, and everybody know it in those circles. So quite frankly, fuck them. And I don't care about no consequences. The only consequences I care about is whether or not Chris should have press charges, which we all knew as Black people, he was not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the conversation that Chris and Will may have or should have had after this, which I've heard that they did and, and they've come to that. And then the after effects for Chris, which he has said that he's still processing how what happened to him, which I can understand. One, you got slapped in front of an audience of people that you were paid to entertain and also done in front of the world, not only as a man, but a black man. There are so many layers that come with that. We already know in our own community, somebody walk up to you and slap you in front of a crowd of people, you're expected to respond or you will ever forever be in a bitch box. You're going to get these fist knuckle knuckle like Rich Homie Kwan said. Right. <laughs> right. And so now you've had your, your, your <clears throat> blackness in question, your masculinity now is in question, your humility is in question, and you had to not only try to figure out what the hell just happened here, but to keep your composure, to keep your money. Like that's, those are my concerns because Frilly scratch your face up, but we can act all day. Had they gotten to a whole brawl, Chris Rock and Will would have been ghetto. He would have lost all his little voiceover jobs, his endorsements. He would have lost all of those things. So it's like, now I got to pick my money or do I respond after this? So Kendra, I really love, let's, let's spar on this because, you know, I, I think we, we travel this path, uh, you know, very closely arm in arm. And then we kind of divide off a little bit, right? Uh-huh. Because I am totally with you about this, this white standard. You know how, so I don't support, okay, let's, Killer don't know nothing about the awards, the Oscars, the uh, Tony Awards, none of this stuff, because I do not subscribe to Black people forcing themselves in white spaces. Mm-hmm. That is for awards, colleges, any of that, right? <clears throat> because we are seeking for people to accept us who have no desire of ever understanding us or accepting us into those circles. So we go through all of this shit to be a part of this group and then be like, well, I was treated so badly. And it's like, nigga, they didn't want you did in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say all that to say with the Academy Awards, we, um, a lot of people are saying we should have never acted like that in front of those white people. I will say, I said it then and I will say it again. White people have no business but it's the unmitigated gall that they carry around that they can set the standard of what proper behavior is when they have been showing their asses from since they landed here on Plymouth Rock. 
right? You know, you have been <laughs> stealing, killing, and showing up and weaponizing your tears for years to come. So please don't show, tell us what it what we need to do and how to govern ourselves accordingly because y'all show out in the Trader Joe's or in the Walmart if somebody gets too close to you. So you cannot tell us how to govern ourselves. What we saw took place was misdirected anger and a whole lot of shit that we don't understand that because we're not privy to. And although they are celebrities, they have to write the right to rescind our access to their lives. So we don't know what, what caused Will to go up on that stage. Did, was he wrong? Absolutely. Was it in his defense of his wife on my, on my stance? Absolutely. Did him, did him, his slap to Chris Rock put another hair on Jada's head? Absolutely not. So that's something he has to work through. But for us to say, oh, we need to learn how to govern ourselves accordingly in these spaces. Y'all are the ones who keep forcing ourselves in spaces because the source awards was fine for me until y'all kept shooting it up. But nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the violence stops for you is the good. No, right. <laughs> but, but I think the bigger picture that we have to understand is that we all, for those who don't know, conflict is rooted in culture and black people are like we didn't have spaces to talk it out so it always in most senses always resulted to fisticuffs right and I, I said it before and I'll say it again um <clears throat> at how much can one man take right y'all say what y'all want about Will Smith Will Smith has been that nigga for 30 years I don't think that this slap is going to put a blemish on his career. It's just giving him something to talk about. And like Corelli said, he wants to ride off into the sunset. He wants to cut the ties, right? So imagine never, ever having the leisure to be your true authentic self for 30 fucking years of your life, right? And so, and in the last year of those 30 years of you being this perfect angel and being that guy, your life has been in a microscope because what your wife chose to speak about. What you, you know, decided to okay was one thing, yes. And then the final straw is this man getting up here and hurting your wife's feelings. Um, now, what she just, you know, what she decides to use as a topic regarding your marriage is one thing. But I think Chris hurting her feelings was something different. And he showed us then, F what y'all think. I don't care about August Alcina that's still my wife. And if you thought it was something, I'm telling you that ain't this. And this is what it is. Um, so I, all that to say, like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm ready to see what the consequences or what they think the consequences are going to be. So we can go ahead and move past this. He slapped her. He, he slapped Chris. Chris didn't retaliate. No hair got put back on Jada's head. Now what? What? None of this, you know, which is just giving people something to talk about. So I, uh, still in this lane, but this just brings up other things for me and so as the the days have gone on it's just about violence and when it comes to black people and violence people want to be people want to um police how how violent we are mm -hmm. when they we were there were violence against black people in this country for over 400 years and it still continues today oh, so i so I'm a little bit mixed on this piece about consequences. And I think it's because white people, and I think I sent Kendra an article, both of your article about how white people address mm -hmm. conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what and, I was thinking when she said that. Go ahead. Yeah. And I've never experienced it because I've been fortunate enough to be in all black spaces for mm -hmm. 
college and in my mm. professional career, but Kendra works in the in corporate. And so I think I was talking to her at that in the time when she was on home um, about that experience. And she was like, I was like, Kendra, I said, da, 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 da. She was like, yeah, you would have, that wouldn't have worked where I, where I am. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Because black people say it like it is mm -hmm. and white people or white women can sense no, when people. it's about to, or white, white people, people can sense when it's about to go get real and try to stop that conversation. And I don't think I would be successful in corporate America because the article is really talking about how we can ascend to these spaces, but we have to understand white culture mm -hmm. and white centered spaces if you're going to really be successful. And so it just made me think about that, like, hmm, maybe this is this is exactly why Tyler Perry started his own production company. Period. Yeah, you know? precisely. I think um, the reason that and it even mentioned it in the article or the thread or whatever, we, we don't, our level of success is limited because of those reasons. Um, and so in my role, I do take on the responsibility of guarding um, the Black people that work under me because I know that they do not understand that while what you're saying is true, it's just going to put a target on you saying it that way. Um, and it, it's, it can be heavy at times, especially sitting in those spaces and the having to turn on and off is very exhausting. Um, and so I've been in these spaces for over 10 years. So I definitely understand the language. I understand how to say things a different way, how to twist it. I understand all the things that I had to. I had to learn if I wanted to reach a certain level of success. Otherwise, you would just be on the level with worker bees. And they don't have to have these conversations with you and you can be dismissed. Um, and so it, 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 it's very tiring. And, and that's when it comes to when they start talking about violence uh, with Black people. And it's like, is it really violence or it's not the level of avoidance that you want us to have. Um, like removing physical contact, we, we're labeled aggressive or violent um, just by speaking truthfully. And it doesn't even have to be like, bitch, it's just like, well, you know, I didn't, I wasn't welcome when I came in. Oh, you're so aggressive. Oh my gosh. And you're like, well, nobody, nobody's, well, no, maybe, maybe. And then it's twisted. Like, oh my God. And then the tears come and the, oh, all of that comes and you have to learn how to fight these things. Do you cry back? Because I would. Yes. Uh, that was uh, one of the stories that happened in my unhoming. Um, I recognized what was about to happen and I cried before the, they cried. And I, and I used the words that I needed to use before they used them. So it wouldn't be weaponized against me. But everybody doesn't have that luxury to learn those things. And at, you know, 30 plus years of age, you know, having been in these spaces since my entire, since I started working in high school, I worked at a bank. I, so I've always worked in spaces where um, I have been learned how to talk appropriately. And it has served me in spaces outside of work as well. Um, but it's just, 
I, I don't think it'll ever change. You just have to choose how you want to show up and if you're going to participate. And some people don't have a choice. Because if you want to be successful in the workplace or in a white centered environment, you need to enroll in Kendra Rochelle's <laughs> finishing school because she does not know how to turn it off. And it's like <laughs> it is like watching a robot. <laughs> you go to talking and she have a call and then you be like, what is that? <laughs> I was like, turn it, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And I think Kelsey, you and I've been in black spaces a lot. And I don't, think we, I don't think we make it. We wouldn't make it. I don't. It. I, I, I kind of been praying like, oh, I want to I want to go to corporate. Lord, help me. Um, I, yeah. I, maybe I might need, I, I don't know what my prayer is right now, but. um, <clears throat> Even, and even, even in black corporate spaces, they've adopted a white model. And so even in spaces where it's all black, but corporate, they have some of the same exact issues. Um, but it's like, it's black on black. But know. it's worse though, I think, because the moment that you get comfortable being black and then it's turned on you in that space, and it's like, wait, yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah, because the, the difference is in my space, like I might have counterparts or people. You know where the enemy is. But I is, still yeah. never let myself get that comfortable because I always I'm aware of where I am. So it's like, you know. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. so if you you're watching this and you're thinking about sending your your son daughter or child <laughs> or supporter to a pwi please reconsider that i'm going to make a plug for the illustrious north carolina agricultural and technical state university it's a great choice to take your student to um, or the state university located in Fayetteville, north carolina really quick mm-hmm. these are all great choices and federal state has the NC Promise Plan, where you can get a reduced rate of tuition now, so you uh, reducing debt in your household. So it's a really great program. I didn't attend. An, I did not attend an HBCU, but I did attend a very culturally diverse school at UNCP, University of North Carolina Pembroke. It's called. A, now it's called. I don't know a, why I thought you went to Greensboro. It's called a his a Hispanic. It's called a. Um, Historically Minority, HMSI, Historically Minority Serving Institution. Mm -hmm. So think about those things. It was one of the great, greatest opportunities I had and to ground myself and to stand up against folks who, who folks automatically assume no more than you, but in actuality, they do not because you can tell that when you go to their jobs. And at the historically mixed race college, I learned to talk to people of all races. <laughs> so I learned have how to shine in any room. <laughs> so we're all products of the University of North Carolina system. So one of the greatest systems in the world. So yeah, Will Smith, all the, you know, and, and this, I, you know, it's so much support. Like I could do a series on Will Smith and every context that's there because that's what everybody was arguing and I think when me and Kendra were on we were I was conflicted with the conversation on Instagram because you and I think Nate were really like no it's right it's wrong it's right and I was like no there's a lot of gray in this because it's just not about the smack everybody is layering on context the hair the years of abuse and I'm going to say publicly I really don't feel sad for either Chris Rock 
or Will Smith or Jada. I don't have any sympathy in this regard. Uh, people have been getting slapped in in the in the food lions for years by <laughs> their mamas the and daddies. Oh, really? did, I, did I tell you not to touch that? Not ask me for nothing? Put that mm -hmm. down. Okay. Let me tell you something. It's, it's, it's something about an open hand slap to me that is the equivalent of somebody spitting on you. It has always made me cringe. I have never liked to see it. And I will fight back. So how else do you slap somebody with the open when you're on a slap? It's supposed to be open. I just, I, I don't, you open hand slap mm -hmm. somebody, but how else do you slap the people? way that I've seen it, like seeing it up close and personal, it's just like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, you gonna so hit my head, if, you it's, gonna hit if it's closed, it's a punch. Not, not really a punch. It's more like a that's that's not a punch. You, who does that? Somebody. I need to get the whole. <laughs> Somebody, I do that. I need to get the whole face. But the the funny part of it that I is is Chris. It almost looked like he braced himself for it. It's like it's like. Like, did that really happen like that? When somebody hit you, did your face turn? Or is that a, a freeze frame? I mean, Can't I don't know that? if it was freeze frame. I don't know if it was like, hey, if I follow through with the slap, it'll take all the Because if you try to hold it, I'm sure it's like, bow, and it's stick right there, bitch. That's going to sting. But when somebody, it's, it, it was just, the circumstances around this is so weird. It and looks I'm, very scary. It looked, at first, I definitely had to keep looking like, that was a weak-ass slap. But, because, <clears throat> I mean, he, he ain't buck, he ain't fall back or nothing. The taste was still in his mouth. I mean. And guess and guess what? Jada, everybody's talking about how Jada's feelings was hurt. She was annoyed. She rolled her eyes. But she annoyed. didn't leave. She did not leave the, the show. She sat right there. In her stoic fashion, she reminded me of Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, the, the, the whole vibe was giving Kendra. Right? Ball head baddies. So, don't try to clean it up. No, no I have <laughs> when I finally saw what she had on, you would wear that, Kendra. I would actually, I really like that. I know that's why I'm like, <laughs> and then she was sitting so rich, white woman with it the whole time <laughs> because somebody said she would like the caterpillar from uh, dang, what's that little uh, the hungry caterpillar, James and the Giant Peach. Oh, god. Don't you love us? Okay. I love she looks, she looks great. But she's actually fantastic. Continue this conversation in the chat. Let us know your thoughts or anything that you may come up with looking at this whole situation with Jada Pickett Smith, Willard Smith, and Christopher Rock. Now, I will say, I thought about you this week, Kelsey, when I read this story, because I knew that you would think that this was a Reddit story, and it is not. It is not. So this is a story of a, a couple. This was a almost like a, a Whitley and Dwayne Wayne marriage wedding situation, right? All right, so... Um, there was a wedding and the best man was giving his speech at the reception in his speech he professed his love for the bride the bride left with him from the reception Violated. they got married a short time later and had four children this is real their pictures are posted he they wrote about it 
this is a real story. <laughs> so apparently they were friends before he loved, he, he was already in love with her. He was trying to figure out how to get with her. At this time, she met this guy that she became engaged to. He became friends with him too. He liked him, but he still was in love with her and decided that the day of the wedding was the best day to do this and say these things and said it at the reception as the best man. Now that's where slap should have happened. Um, but now they, here they are some several years later, married happily with four children. So a couple things. I know that there's the initial emotion of the trife life that happened at the wedding, but we often talk about shooting one shot if it means cheating, X, Y, and Z for a year, a huge advocate. Was he necessarily wrong if he felt like this is the love of my life? this is who I'm supposed to be with. And if I let this happen, I'm making the biggest mistake of my life because clearly it's working out thus far. They're happy. They have four kids together. And now it is at the expense of somebody else's pain, but it was he necessarily wrong. Annie, ask her first husband. Because clearly this nigga violating, but I got two sides of this. <laughs> big, <laughs> big ups to you, my... Dude, this is some gangster stuff. You should have got your ass beat for that. You should have got your ass murked. Okay. Like, I wonder if people like I want to see the reception video, like when this was going down, because you didn't clearly, make it to the reception. Oh, yeah, you did make it to the reception. They were it was, at, it was the, at the reception. You did make it to the reception. They're at the reception. Yes. I think it was the wedding videographer who's the one that actually released this several years after this happened. But there was a follow-up with this couple. They're, they got married, I think, the next day or a few weeks later after this. How when you were you were already married? Maybe they a, hadn't got to the point where they signed or they annulled. I don't know. But you signed got, you you technically I was married before I showed up to my oh, I don't know. So my brother got married. It wasn't until after the ceremony because we all went out to witness it where they actually signed with the pastor and stuff. Or what? Yeah, it wasn't until after they said I do and everybody. Oh, really? Was when, when, did, when did you witness a sign of paper? Was it before or after? <laughs> Memory doesn't serve me well. I don't remember witnessing. <laughs> I don't remember. Like that day was it was so much happening. But baby, I there's not there's two sides to this. And I'm gonna have to come from a real nigga aspect, right? Because like you really it's like you played you were a snake in the grass like you befriended this man I'm gonna be your best friend I'm about to stand beside you as your best man when the whole time you was plotting on this man's wife well to be fair to be be Uh, the devil's uh, advocate to be the devil's uh advocate no listen you know I go from all angles I don't necessarily have to agree but I do try I'm trying to be fair here To be Mm -hmm. fair, he was a part of her life long before that man came along. He did not know him. But what you did, but but no, but what you did, you got to know him and you were like, I'd rather settle for a piece of you than Mm -hmm. than to have none of you. But people do that all the time. So is it necessarily wrong? People settle settle for different positions. Not about waiting. No, I'm not, okay. no, I'm not right. saying at the wedding, but what I'm saying is people settle you, for other, for alternate positions and other people's lives all the time 
because whatever for whatever is not going to work well we're going to be friends because we'll never work out being together but I really do love you and I really want to be with you or whatever or we can't be this but we can be this people sell, settle for alternate positions all the time but it's just like so was he supposed to at the point that he didn't have the courage or whatever to tell her when they first were friends that hey I want to date you or maybe she was already in another relationship and he's had these feelings all along but if he's now her friend and she gets a boyfriend he's supposed to go away no nah, but you ain't supposed to befriend the boyfriend and but, like, but that's we that happens like you know like you have Forelli. so at some point Ryan met Forelli. like you meet your your person's friend so if that's her right. friend he's gonna meet him I but, want his best man in a room. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, well, I know that. But, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying that he was right, but what I am saying is nah, but what I, what I'm saying it's, is it's clearly it's clearly possible because it happened. Yeah, like, it, it we're not refuting it, that, but that nigga violated on something like that's that's you, the next then, level. But then wait, violate, but then you we're violated focusing, from the beginning, like you knew. But right, but we're only focusing on the person that had he had no loyalty in the situation. Yes, you did. You absolutely Absolutely. I'm pushing, I'm pushing it back on her because if you were willing to walk away at your reception with this man, how long have you had feelings about this man while you're engaged to somebody else? Both of them were good or snipes right up out of the hood for this act. But, we, but I'm not talking about him. He didn't he didn't say I do to nobody. He didn't say yes, will you marry me? None of that. Oh, oh no, oh no. Both of their black asses is wrong. White, they, black, Indian, Chinese. Okay, whatever. then since we're not focusing on him, she a hoe. Okay. So low down, dirty <laughs> hoe. <laughs> who done went out here, got these people family all riled up for something that you didn't really want. Like, From the beginning. Like that is low down. That and Let, that's that's like, the part I'm focusing on. Like low down. You, if you if you were willing to at your reception say not well, sit down what the hell you doing but yes I, let me gather up my dress and go out this door with you then that meant that you were never really in this to begin with this was well might as well he here and he paying these bills and so i'm gonna go ahead and marry him but i don't really want him because mm -hmm. if, if somebody else pop up and say what's up i might roll out in front of your whole family and i would probably too. do something like that yeah i could see that mm -hmm. i could see that yeah, yeah, the fear of missing out. You think that's what it was? The fear of missing out? Or do you think she was also in love with him and they just never had that conversation? I don't know, but if you think you're lonely now. Well, she ain't have to wait until the night because it was him that was lonely. That is, I feel so sad for that man. I did, lost, yeah. Who lost his woman. And all that oh money. Oh my God. And all like, that money. I would have took them to civil court. He probably could have got some money too. For this uh, for this all these plates in here. I would have I'm, so, I'm taking you, I'm taking you to civil court. And Jeez. I I'm I'm gonna get the best lawyer for you to pay me alimony for alienation of affection. North Carolina, baby. I don't know if it happened in North Carolina, but I'm just saying, like it does. That that's was, that's and that was a real story. Yes, say. that was a real story. The videographer from the wedding um actually was the one that released this story released the tape videographer yes so yeah you're telling people business because i know they didn't pay for that video you gotta I know like they didn't pay. yeah so this is this is the wedding oh, they white. and they then white. that's them now with their family married with their kids 
I wonder what religion they practice. So I, I, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move right along. <laughs> we're going to move along. So I want to talk about uh, just a kind of serious thing. It's more like a just keep your eyes open to the streets. I know a while ago we did, we covered an episode on fentanyl and how it was running rapid and it was being placed inside of weed and all kinds of things that people were just dying. So apparently Florida has issued a warning for a new drug called ISO, which is 20 to 100 times more powerful than fentanyl. Um, and it is making its way across the United States. Um, it's creating, especially they're starting to see deaths and hospitalizations for people on <clears throat> spring break because they're on spring break in Florida. Um, so I, just be careful. Have these conversations with your kids and kids, you know, if in and have the conversation with your kids, it, even if they are going to try it, encourage them to be aware of what they're actually doing, who they got it from, what's mixed in it, if they're going to do it anyway. Just make sure that they try to be as safe as possible. Um, but yeah, it's been linked to a lot of overdose deaths across the, the country, including, of course, the Midwest, because that's where all the drugs happen first. So, you know, that's, that's, that's that on that. That resist drugs. They need a dare program back. Listen, I still remember the dare song. Y'all want me to sing it for y'all? No, because I don't. I, no. Speaking I of dare, dare, which is audacity. <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> speaking of dare, which is audacity, this is connected to your story, Kelsey, for last week about when was the last week or before Wendy Williams. So Kevin Hunter has done an interview where he talks about he how he feels bad for hurting Wendy, but he well, shut your ass up. But he doesn't regret having his side baby. <laughs> he said, "I am sorry for the mer- emergence of life that hurt her, but I do not regret what happened." The emergence um, of life, wow, that hurt her. Preg- that's what pregnancy is. What a piece of shit! <laughs> The emergence of life. Okay, the emergence of life. Hey, are we are we watching a caterpillar break out the cocoon out of this bitch? Like, what are you talking about? The emergence of life. Uh-uh. Do you have a wristband? <laughs> I, it's dare. How dare he? How dare he? <laughs> He's doing drugs. He got an attitude, or he How don't dare respect he? himself. <laughs> He, he didn't educate him. Didn't that's, at that's all. That. that was the acronym for dare. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that happened this week, which I think the Will Smith, Chris Rock story kind of um, covered up was this, this whole conversation around depression and mental health. So a very um, popular uh, female artist by the name of Chickology, she made a series of posts um Ooh. this week her name is chickology what's she saying? um she's a rapper she's a rapper she's very dope 
you should check her out. Um, she made a post, she made several posts talking about um, ending her life and that she wasn't going to live past the week. And, um, and so, huh? She didn't. Um, story. I think she's I think she's still alive um she was basically saying where you will be able to find her pot her body um she's not she posted several stories saying I'm not making it home and then she posted a very long um story where she went she's like I went to the top of the intercontinental but I could not jump not because I don't want to but because the metal stairs were scary that's the thing about having a fucked up brain. No matter how much pain you are in, there will always be something to hold you back. I know you guys are tired of me holding back. It's draining and sad. It, it looks like crying wolf, but it's not. It's just difficult to find the right way, the quickest way, the painless way. I am tired of myself too. I don't need anyone feeling bad or worried because I failed the last time I tried. Save your emotions for when I succeed. It will be the first time I got what I wanted in its entirety. The first time I'll be okay having no help. The one thing I was capable of doing on my own, I think I'm supposed to be a cautionary tale of sorts. What happens when no one listens? What happens when you leave a broken person into their own devices? What happens when you think people are too capable to fail? What happens? We have an Arcus and we have me. One flew too close to the sun and one couldn't even conquer metal stairs only 20 feet away from the internal freedom. I will find that freedom somehow today. I am not sorry. I am sorry. No, I'm not sorry to let people down. I refuse to die carrying the burdens of people who could not share my own. I refuse to take this pressure to the grave. I refuse to continue to deceive myself into believing things are meant to get better. I knew everything in my life before it happened. Asked my mom and dad. They heard me predict my life. I was not wrong and I am still not wrong. I am not speaking things into existence. I am speaking of what already exists. The story, the narrative, the ebbs and the flows, the saga. I was never meant to win. I was meant to show someone else that they can. I do not forgive anyone and I do not want anyone to forgive me except my best friend, Cole, and my immediate family. Mom, dad, sisters, that's it. They shouldn't have to hurt when remembering me. That really fucking sucks. And I'm a piece of shit for that. I know it, but my hurting matters too, even if only to me. Thank you for the nice lady in Minnesota who gave me a hug. That kindness and selflessness is needed in the world. You're someone's angel. You're going to save someone's life, not just mine. No more typing. I'm going to finish my drink and find a way that works. Thanks for the ride. I hated it. Um, so as to be expected, um, social media went into a frenzy reaching out to her, um, trying to have someone locate her. Um, as of today, I think she is still alive and um, safe. She's a um, black girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this did t- to me was it gave me a different understanding of depression, especially when it brings you to the brink of suicide, because I don't understand it on that level. Um, and having to witness it through other people close to me, Um, And not really knowing how to help, not knowing if I can help. And I don't know, not knowing what triggers this, if it could go away, 
um, just so many questions, but having her write her thoughts out, it was what she said to help somebody else because um, it certainly helped me, but I hope that she wasn't successful today um, in doing that. And it's like, what do you say? Do you tell somebody it's going to be better? Because you don't even know what it is. What, what's, what's the pain? Where is it coming from? And for me, because I like to have a certain level of control, I, I'm the type of person like, what is it? So we can fix it. So we can take care of it. And that's not the answer all the time. Um, so I don't know if what you guys level of exposure is to depression and suicide um, or what your thoughts were but that was one of the things that happened this week that kind of got um, just kind of moved to the back of the bin because of the slap that was heard around the world it's really sad did we ever get an update on what happened no as, like I said as of today she's still alive as far as I'm aware so I was looking on Twitter and it looks like she disabled like her Twitter like you can't call her um mm -hmm. or like see any of her things mental health is a real thing people it is um <clears throat> and no matter what um I don't think therapy alone will help it um sometimes it has to be accompanied with a little bit of medicine and also reprogramming the people around us to understand that <clears throat> what you are experiencing is okay um but having a support system there um I'll say for myself like with depression I have battled with doubts um I've only had one suicidal ideation that I think that was with postpartum depression mm -hmm. um and that was because of sleep deprivation where um a baby was like crying really loud for a long time and I was like I'm not gonna hurt this baby I'm gonna hurt myself and I'm gonna jump off my balcony I don't think I would have been successful with death probably yeah been, I probably would have been broke the fuck up yeah but definitely was like I could see my body playing like this at the bottom but I was like this ain't high enough I probably was just gonna be broke, broke up like I said a couple broken legs ribs but isn't that like interesting though like thank you for sharing it um, but isn't that interesting that you had that thought and that was your your process like I probably ain't gonna die I'm just gonna be broke up because the same thing with her she was like mm -hmm. damn them stairs gonna hurt so I can't mm -hmm. do that it was like the same thing like there was a <clears throat> fine somewhere as to why that thing's not going to work right now yeah it was I just needed an escape um, yeah and even I was having um, a very I would say vulnerable conversation and I don't mind sharing because I think these conversations need to happen um, because the pressure, the immense pressure of social media and the fact that we always have access to the outside world, whether it be yeah. real or fake um, is very, very flawed and counterfeit, right? Um, because it was, so the last two weeks, I've just been waking up with this super grateful heart and my process, like, oh my God, like, it's been real, right? So you've been living um, the vine, huh? Yes, I'm so blessed, <laughs> like, thank you, Jesus. And it came from, like, a really, really genuine place. So I, my commute is a little bit longer now. And I kind I, I shed a little bit of a tear because as I was going to work one morning, it was like a Tuesday, um, I looked in the back seat and I was like, I really love my son, <laughs> right? Like, oh yeah. my gosh. And I was like, I'm really in love with this little baby. 
And immediately I began to like cry a little bit because like, why is it taking me almost two years to get to that point? Yeah. Right. And not that I did not do not love my child because that is definitely not the case. And I just remember, I have a screenshot in my phone uh, when I joined this like mom group that I immediately found the exit to um, because social media paints this picture that when you have a child, you instantly know what love is. Yeah. Let me tell you something, people. That is not, not the even social I media, though. The world does. The world's like, like even oh beyond my God. social media. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I instantly felt guilt because I did not have that feeling when I saw this little baby, when they threw that baby on my chest. Mm-hmm. It was not, oh, my heart melted. It was like, bitch, I panicked. I was scared. Yeah. I wanted out. And what was thrown on my chest was a, a beautiful, innocent baby that I knew I had to protect, but I was afraid. Yeah. I was I was scared. My life as I knew it, it was like this is the point of no return. You cannot hit control all the leak. This baby is yours. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it doesn't go back. It belongs to you. And no one talks about the fear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of what that looks like. No one talks about what your mind does after you have a baby. Your mind is never the same, which is almost a mental illness in itself like postpartum there is no explanation for what happens and sometimes you you still don't grow out of it I still have postpartum moments that I can identify Mm -hmm. of just being extremely overwhelmed with having to deal with a child that cries or um just the work and the hustle and bustle and things and then coming home to that sometimes it's like oh my god and how your mind is automatically programmed to see the worst in things where things can be going extremely well so there are several lanes of the mental illness and different things that could have triggered it. Now, there are some people who are who are born with this broken brain. And then there are some people who, like myself, inherit this broken ba- brain by way of postpartum. And I don't think sometimes it ever goes away. I don't see it going away. Like I'm, I've been able to cope and deal with it, yes. Um, but there are some people who can't deal with it and have you know, had adverse effects where they were successful um with executing their suicidal ideation to an actual suicidal act or you know becoming you know being homicidal almost so I just remember like it's just so many different facets to mental illness and how people arrive at that door yeah yeah thank you for sharing that Kelsey I think it is a conversation that um we we don't have and people kind of shy from because um it's like how dare you like how how, how could you? you not um so even with that you know being a parent and dealing with postpartum or just dealing with depression and, and thoughts of suicide just in general we don't have enough conversations about it or even really how to help um so you know use whatever resources you have available to you and if you you don't have resources. I know sometimes, especially during this time, resources can be scarce um, or they're not able to do turnarounds in what would be a timely fashion um, for you to seek help. Um, make sure that you know you find somebody that you're comfortable enough to talk to about that can support you. And if you don't have somebody close to you, um, find anybody honestly because it, it could be to that point 
um, trying to seek um, help or have reach out to a doctor just for a consultation. And for some people it's taking weeks. And what, what happens when you're not getting a response for weeks and you're going through these moments with no support? And, and do not be afraid to take the medicine, self-medicating and trying to cope with street drugs is not always the answer. Sometimes you really need a little bit of help from a prescription. Yeah. Um, and I think people, people frown upon that because I, I mean, transparency moment, I needed help with a, a medicine because I needed something to silence my mind and make yeah. me go to sleep. And sometimes people, people, we are not resting. We are not resting. We are so caught up in life. And I think the pandemic gave us a break. And then as humans, we adapt and got used to being moving around in this box and figured out a way to get busy again. Um, but learning how to rest is a very important part of managing your mental health not only is it you know for weight loss but if you don't rest imagine how delirious we get staying up a couple hours past our prescribed bedtime or not or how cranky we wake up if we didn't get enough sleep like it is important for you to get your rest because your mind has to dial off yeah it has to and if you don't if it's always working and you're overworking it you're gonna burn it out and burnout may not look good um to see what it, you know, what what you think burnout looks like when it comes to your mind. Yeah, because burnout could easily look like I don't know if you guys remember, um, probably fifteen years ago, Martin Lawrence walking down the street with a handgun in the sun in hundred degree weather with a tracksuit on. Yeah, the, and that's when him and Della Reese, somebody got arrested. Woman, somebody who looked like Della Reese. Oh. <laughs> Um, well people I think I remember that yeah, Della Reese Della Reese I gotta go pull up the article <laughs> but I, anyway people <laughs> listen please take your mental health seriously and if you notice someone around you who is withdrawn staying up all kinds of hours of the night um, or just not being themselves, not being social, just take the moment to stop, invite them to go for a walk, just talk, make sure you create a safe space for them. If you are that person, try to find somebody that you can pour into um, and, and try to seek help. This is very serious and, um, you know, we don't want people to feel lonely um, or that they don't have anybody. So, that's and that also, that. and be kind to people. Um, it seems like this pandemic has made us um, least likely to be kind to each other. Um, kindness is free. Be kind to people because you never know what people are going through. Right. right. So, go ahead. No, I was going to say, even if you can't, so if you have no other way to, have, to show up and support people in those spaces, it, it costs you nothing to be kind. Right. So um, moving on to other things, um, I am so happy about um, Cardi B and family have joined the Baby Shark series on Nickelodeon, where her, Offset, and Baby Culture all have roles on the show and are now a part of Baby Shark on Nickelodeon. How do y'all feel about that? I'm so excited. 
I'm here for Carter to be getting that bag and put this family on. So, haven't seen it. Maybe I'll turn Carter. In, I mean, Kyler into it. What's Carter? I don't know who Carter is. Carter, Carter, Carter. Because <laughs> we're so grateful. Yes, mm. you are so blessed in abundance. Baby number two on the way. His name is Carter. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Lord, really just make sure you take one of them, okay? Because I don't know if I can do two. So, um, the last thing that I have is a story. So it's not from Reddit either. Um, so it is basically how do you feel? So, um, this, okay. So a man's fiance, the lady, took his sixteen-year-old daughter to get an abortion. Ooh. He found out about it and called off the wedding. Um, so the person who's writing this story, they say, um, I really feel like the fiance was in a lose-lose situation. If she broke her stepdaughter's trust, she could hang that up for life. But now she got ghosted and she's no longer a fiance. That is tough. Um, yeah, so I, is he mad that she took her to get an abortion or that she got pregnant in the first place? He's mad with the fiance that she took her to get an abortion and he knew nothing about it. That's the point of an abortion, right? No, not for the parent not to know anything about it. The biological father found out that his fiance, who was not that child's mother, took his 16-year-old daughter to have an abortion and did not mention it to him. So who like how does it work? Do you when you go to get abortion, are you of legal age to say, I want this baby out of me? I don't know. In sign? North Carolina, no. A parent has to accompany you. Okay. So now if she if she posed as a legal guardian or parent, then that's yes, problematic. But they were in the state where the girl said she didn't want the baby. And there's reason why the girl didn't tell the father she was pregnant in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Like, there's a reason why she didn't tell her. And you mad at the you mad at the the person you're supposed to marry. She was the one that was there for your daughter when she was in need. When so she, she she was there for your daughter when you when she probably knows her fiance well enough and the father enough well enough to know that you you would not be that person she needed in there in that space. So, I think that's. I'm just. Decision. I, he can be I'm, mad. He did what he I'm did. But he I'm, created the environment where she could not be honest with him about what ooh, was going on in her life. Ooh, that's that's ooh, that's. Mm. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I don't because sometimes, so like it's it's not even a, the same example, but it's close enough for me. Um, I don't know what type of parent he is. And so I won't assume that he's an off the rails, blah, blah, blah. So I will say for two, two things, when I became pregnant as a teenager, I did not want my family to think, um, to be disappointed in me. Not that I couldn't tell them where I felt like I was going to get beat or get shamed. I did not want them to be like, oh, like here goes some shit. Like I didn't want to, I did not want to disappoint them. Namely my brothers. I didn't even, I never wanted them to know because I felt so highly of them. And I knew that they had high expectations for me that I knew that being pregnant 
um, in high school, like that they were going to be disappointed in me. And mm-hmm. so I didn't want anybody to know. So I won't say that they didn't create an environment for them to tell the truth because sometimes children form what they think somebody will react. So like one day I was in the car with my son and it took me forever to get something out of him. And I was like, why wouldn't you want to tell me that? And he said that when he watched um, a show, I forgot what show it was, when the kids told their parents, they, were, they got upset. That's not how I react. And you know, Farley, I don't, I don't react that way with him. So it wasn't that I created an environment. He created a perception of what he thought I might do based off something he observed outside of the home. And sometimes kids do that. So I won't say uh, without having full context of what type of parent he is or what type of the child was or the mom or how she got pregnant. I can't put anything on that because I don't know because I know it could because it could be because she didn't feel safe and he always goes off the rails or she was scared and didn't want anybody to know. But that's not, so to say, I still, even what you're saying, I, I still say he created the environment and that statement is not about saying that he was a abusive parent or a scary parent, mm-hmm. but either in either scenario, the environment is here that I can't tell my dad anything that's happening to me if I if I put it in a class a category that's bad whether or not he did something good or bad right so on Facebook Megan Alexa said that the fiance needs to be a parent and not a friend because that may not have been a friend and I think I I think the concealment from the father even if like, you know, sometimes people or parents have conversations and they'll say, listen, don't approach it. I just need you to know this. I'm handling it or whatever. The fact that he didn't know, and I don't know how he found out about it, but he found out about it. It had to be not from her because, you know, it was the concealment and that that's my actual child who is underage and you took them to get a surgery without my consent or knowledge that uh, an abortion while we make light of it because you could just walk into a Planned Parenthood or whatever that is a surgery had something happened with her on that table or her heart stopped beating or she got an infection or something happened after the fact and he has no knowledge that you took my child to get a surgery I think that's the seriousness of it I don't know why they concealed it or why she chose to you know continue to cover it because even sometimes they'll be like well thank you I'll I will advocate for you while we go sit down and talk to your father because she's not the legal parent so why would you then take this child to get a surgery without the acknowledgement of their of their actual parents so that's the only person without a child on this thing. My my thought is 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 that you need to make sure your kids understand that there's nothing they can tell you that is going to make you disappointed in them, or like you you have to create the space for that that door to be open is what I is what I think um, could have helped in this situation. And not knowing the details or what have you, I think it's real. Um, I think that's important for parents to make sure that your child feels safe to come to you. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, that there's another adult that they trust that you can share with. Which 
that which information comes I, back. Which is what I want, but the information didn't come back. And I think that's the yeah. problem. So like, like in my family, we all have an understanding, like, you know, Messiah has done things and my brother will text me and say, he did X, Y, and Z. I talked to him, don't mention it. So that right. he maintains a certain level of trust so that even when he feels like maybe I can't tell my mom this, I can go to my uncle. No, I could go to my uncle Trey. I could say yeah. this, that into them. But I'm still going to know. He doesn't know that I know. Right. But I'm still going to know about it. And I think that was the problem that she did not circle back and say, this is what's going on. And then took yeah. the child to get surgery. Yeah. Okay. Two of uh, these are do, 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 uh, 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 stories tonight. <laughs> yeah. And we had so many other light ones. Uh -huh. And Megan said, I think we're also doing the father disservice by assuming that his response would be negative. Yeah, I don't I don't assume that, Megan. I just I just think coming from a place of knowing being a child who had to tell somebody else, because I I wanted my my situation of domestic or not domestic, but child abuse was trying to protect my parents' relationship. And that if I told what was happening that one of my parents would be upset and be broken up because of me even though I was the the victim in the case and so had to be able to as children we're always trying to protect protect those who we love yep. yeah and it's such a weird thing that we do that I don't know why we're programmed in that way but we want to protect the people who are supposed to protect us so we want, to protect the sense, we want to protect the sense of security. Um, but I think, so I was that child, right? Um, who, although me and my father had a very, very, like, we had a bomb relationship. Um, like Kendra said, the fear of disappointment. But there were also, and, and with my Nana, right? Um, that's my girl. But the conversations that she would have um surrounding other incidents that may have happened with other young ladies let me know that although it was not me in that situation the conversation and the sentiment in which she felt about those actions let me know that that would never have been a safe space so mm -hmm. I would I would go out so although I never put you in that position I knew I know how you felt without it without me even having to walk that path to say this is what the outcome would have been would have been because I knew I know how you felt about it right and then if it is her dad there's also that sense of your dad never wants to know that you are you know going through these things you are doing these things like yeah dad's not like tell me but are you going to really really be able to grasp the concept that there is somebody I am feeling connected enough with to want to have sex with them and there are some fathers who have those conversations or what if it was an adverse effect of, you know, we don't, we don't know. It's, it's so, it's so many nuances to this that, you know, are you Jehovah's witness where they don't believe in abortions or, and you're like, I do not want to have this child period. I don't mm -hmm. want to have the baby. I don't want to give it up for adoption. This, this ain't that. And I don't want to do it. Would the dad have been supportive? So um, I think that maybe the stepmom could, the fiance could have circled back around maybe she would have um but not I don't think it may have been an immediate thing because we don't know 
it, it's so many things missing variables here like was she raped or was this you know so many different things of why she got to that and she felt like she had to sneak around and do that mm, we'll never know but the, I the, other, two different, the, yeah. the woman who took her should have she should have said something to the dad but at what point uh, in time before, like immediately or like how did before, you yeah, before, before before she paid for an abortion and scheduled it if i take kyler right to yeah. go do something you you want to fight me yeah definitely i'm going to take we want like let me go take kyler out for ice cream and then i go take him to a sex shop and let him get his dicks up See, now we got a problem because now he's been molested. Just saying, right? Like, but is that something Kyler asked for, right? Uh, it don't matter if he so asked for it. I'm the adult. You're the adult, but it's like, hey, like, Uncle Forelli. If it is, Kyler says, hey, Uncle Forelli, I was out here hump, humping around and I don't want my mama to know that I caught syphilis and I need you to take me to get it treated. I'm gonna tell you. I, and I'll probably be heartbroken. And I'll, I'll be like, hey, you're touching this. Like, I mean, maybe she, maybe you should just tell Ryan. Really? Yeah, no. <laughs> Not it. You know, Ryan. No, no, no. Dad, dads and boys are different. Like, when he, he starts to get older, it'll be a little different. This nigga done got syphilis, y'all. I'm gonna take him over to the clinic real quick. Don't y'all. We got to talk about this. I'm gonna give them the hardest time. Yeah, like because even in that, like I, I, you know, I can't say exactly what I would have done, but ideally, I would have been like, "Listen, I'm gonna give you two weeks, but we we're gonna have to sit down, and talk to your dad, and I'm gonna be there with you, and we're gonna have to sit down and have this conversation. I can't just take you to get an abortion." So, yeah. I don't know, but guys, thank you so much for joining us yet again, another week. With Last of the Millennials, we probably right. I know that it got a little heavy tonight, but you just never know what you're going to get when you log in with us. We talk about everything high and low, in between and far out. So um, join us back next week in the same time, same place here on Facebook Live, Last of the Millennials. We probably right. Y'all have a good night. We see you next week. Good night.